It's time now for The Road with Pastor Teacher Steve Holt. Men and women, there can be spirits attached to things. There can be spirits attached to a house. There could be stuff in a house that has absolutely nothing to do with you, but has something to do with who lived there before and things that they were involved in. And so that happens from time to time. And call it a haunted house. I don't know if you call it a haunted house. I would just say that a house can be demonized. Welcome to another edition of The Road with Pastor Teacher Steve Holt. Steve is the head pastor of The Road in Colorado Springs, Colorado. It's our vision to make wholehearted disciples of Jesus Christ and to see you grow in the grace and knowledge of His love. If you're in the area, we welcome you to come out and join us for our Saturday night service beginning at 6 p.m. We meet at Chapel Hills Church, located at 2025 Parliament Drive, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80920. On this edition of The Road, Pastor Steve will be continuing his study on spiritual warfare. Today, he'll be sharing a message he began last time we were together about UFOs, aliens, and haunted houses. You'll discover the truth about these phenomena and the role they play in our world today. So here now with part two of today's message entitled UFOs, Aliens, and Haunted Houses is Pastor Teacher Steve Holt. I began last week with the passage Deuteronomy 29.29 and I'm just going to read it to you. You don't need to turn to it. But I think it's a great way to start because we were into some pretty bizarre stuff last week. If you were a part of it, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I know that there were some questions that came along with that. Some of you emailed me your questions and they were really, really good. And we looked a lot at Ezekiel 1. Deuteronomy 29, 29, we read, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and our children forever. And I shared the fact that that there's a lot of mystery in the Christian life. There's a lot of mystery in Scripture. There's a lot we do know, but there's a lot we do not know. And so when we're talking about the fourth dimension and we're talking about what some might call extraterrestrial creatures and UFOs we covered last week, I share with you that I think it's a misnomer to speak in terms of using what has become kind of a classification of extraterrestrial to rather being interdimensional. And that we have have beings, interdimensional beings that are all over this book from Genesis to Revelation. And we looked at Ezekiel 1 in particular, which the NASA engineer that I quoted considers to be a reference to a UFO, a reference to a flying saucer. I studied it extensively this week, and I would call it interdimensional of a cherubim, probably a cherubim versus a seraphim. It might have been a seraphim too that actually entered into Ezekiel's world and he saw this thing. And my son, Daniel, who is a history major and biblical studies major and has done an archaeological dig in Israel, came up to me afterwards and he said, I have one addendum to your message. You know, you mentioned at the end that a lot of this might be demonic, but why couldn't it be also angelic? Why couldn't it also be cherubim and seraphim still entering our world? Why, why would the canon being closed mean that that doesn't happen today? I thought that was a good point. And for you that were part of the arsenal on Monday night when we had the men's meeting, the large men's meeting, I mentioned that. But I felt like the whole church needed to hear that. That it could be true. And I don't know. 
all that God's up to, but it could be true that this interdimensional work of the fourth dimension entering the three-dimensional world may not all be demonic, but could also be angelic. And uh, I know that when you look at uh, Native Americans today, they call them the sky people. And the sky people are those that have entered in that they've seen that they're not even fearful of. They actually are expectant of. I'm not going to get into Taoism and animism that relates to Native American religions. I'm just making that as a point of reference because it comes up a lot when you look at this stuff. Edmund Spencer said it well. There is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all argument, and which cannot fail to keep man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is condemnation before investigation. I wish we could do that more in the political realm. But the reality is, is that some of us have set beliefs or set view of some of these things that actually can be a hindrance to you being able to hear, maybe even look at and study a fresh perspective from God's word. So tonight, I want to deal with what might be classically called haunted houses. This is the last um, message in our our, I don't know, four or five month journey that we've been on with uh, spiritual warfare. So turn in your Bible, Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 14. And I want us to look at a passage that I actually was first um, kind of turned on to by a man named, a pastor named Jack Hayford. When I uh, read some stuff that he had written on this. This is dealing with the, the cleansing of a demonic house. But it's called a leprous house. In the Old Testament under the Old Covenant. So let's look at verse 33. Let me read there. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying. When you have come into the land of Canaan. Which I give you as a possession. And I put the leprous plague in a house in the land of your possession. And he who owns the house comes and tells the priest saying, it seems to me that there is some plague in the house. Then the priest shall command that they empty the house before the priest goes into it to examine the plague that all that is in the house may not be made unclean. And afterward, the priest shall go in to examine the house. First point tonight, spirits of evil can be attached to a home. The renowned theologians and scholars Keel and Delich write, the only thing that can be gathered from the signs mentioned is that the house, the leprosy, was an evil. For although it is primarily in the human body that sin manifests itself, it spreads from man to the things which he touches, uses, inhabits, Though without our being able to represent this spread as a physical contagion. Isaiah 61.3 speaks of the spirit of heaviness. How many of you felt a spirit of heaviness in a place? You've entered that place and, you, and something's not right. There's, there's a depressive spirit. There's a heaviness over that. You've felt it in your spouse, have you not? Where there's been an argument or there's been an issue. There can be a spirit of it. That doesn't always mean it's demonic. But there is something in the fourth dimension that enters into the three-dimensional world and we can feel it. And so there's something here 
that God, through Moses, is warning the Israelites as you come into Canaan, where they believe in Canaanite gods. And you have to, and you have to kind of look at the whole book of Leviticus, because Leviticus is about purification. Uh, Leviticus is about dealing with uncleanliness, such that as we look at this issue of, of a cleansed house, for the Jews at that time, Moses was saying, be aware that there can, be, there can be something over a home. And it's not just physical because they're calling in the priest to do something about it. So last week I talked about 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And we won't go there again. And I'll reference. I would encourage any of you that were not here last week to go back and listen to that message. Because it will give you a little bit better of a background of what I'm talking about tonight. But in 1 Corinthians 10 we looked at how Paul says. And I'll just kind of sum it up in my own words. It's not that I have anything against idols per se, because he's talking about um, food or meat sacrificed to idols and whether it can be eaten or not. It's that there's demons behind those idols. So, so Paul is saying that here's a, here's a physical piece of wood, nothing in particularly powerful about the piece of wood. It's what's behind it. It's the power behind it. And so, same with a house. And as I shared, you know, we went into that house in Okinawa. And as we began to pray and smoke began to appear in that room. And we cast that spirit out. Or maybe it was multiple spirits. I'm not even sure. But we were on the, we were on the physical location of the 16th century. Where the shaman priestesses were held by the king. And were, and were housed by the king. And they had built this house on that location. We didn't know it at the time. But we soon discern that as we began to pray. And so, men and women, there can be spirits attached to things. There can be spirits attached to a house. There could be stuff in a house that has absolutely nothing to do with you. But has something to do with who lived there before. And things that they were involved in. And so, and so that happens from time to time. And... Call it a haunted house. I don't know if you call it a haunted house. I would just say that a house can be demonized. Verse 38. Then the priest shall go out of the house to the door of the house and shut up the house for seven days. And the priest shall come again on the seventh day and look. And indeed, if the plague has spread on the walls of the house, then the priest shall command that they take away the stones in which is the plague and they shall cast them into an unclean place Outside of the city. So secondly a priest had to be called in. To purify the house. Now this is a physical issue. It's a spiritual issue. I believe that probably something to do with this. Had to do with mold. There's probably mold involved. So it's physical and it's spiritual. It's both. I know of countless situations. Where people deal with sickness. In that particular location. In that particular house. There's always sickness. And when the house is purified, when the house is, in a sense, sort of set free, the sickness goes with it. And we know from, through our study over the whole summer that when Jesus often went to deal with a healing, he cast, he cast out the sickness. And the same terms in the Greek are used for casting out a demon for us to believe that there was an attachment sometime, not all the time, 
Don't cast out a spirit every time you have a headache. But I think you can, you're on good ground if the spirit's leading you to treat sickness sometimes that way. Jesus certainly did. Now, I believe we're all priests. All of us are priests. All of us now have the Holy Spirit. All of you are priests of the Most High God in Christ. So don't call me to come and pray over all of your houses. It's not going to happen. I don't have time for that. All of you can do this. All of you are priests of the Most High God. All of you have the Holy Spirit. You that are Jesus followers, you can go home tonight. And if you have any doubts about the situation over your home, I've known homes that wouldn't sell. That there was a spirit holding up the sale of a home. I've seen houses that there's not just noises, but there is a sense over just one room in that house. And then when they began to kind of, the family began to hunt around, they found stuff that needed to be cast out and literally needed to be destroyed and burned. We'll, we'll get to that. But they're calling forth a pastor, a priest, but men and women, you are priests. And at the end of this message, I'm going to give you a prayer, a very similar prayer that we've used over the years. May it be helpful to you. Here's some questions that you might ask. Is there anything unclean in your home right now? Is there anything unclean on this in your home right now? Is there, is there pornographic magazines? Is there porn on your computer? Now back when I was growing up, it came through magazines and stuff like that. And now it's accessible through the internet. But has there been anything invited in? Have you, have you visited countries of the world and brought back idols from that country? That you thought were kind of cool. You thought it was kind of cute. But it could be that there's a spirit attached to that idol. Some of you that come out of Native American backgrounds. Do you have any small totem poles? Or anything related to Native American religions? Be careful. I'm not saying everything has an attachment. But be careful. Is there anything unclean that you're allowing in your home? Is there an activity in your home that's unclean? Is there any activity going on in your home that could be demonic? If so, men and women, you are potentially inviting demons in. In other words, they are like mice. They're like rats. They need something to feed on. And as we've talked about it in the human spirit, it can also be true in a home. And so the need for cleansing over our home. Look at verse 52. Verse 52. And he shall cleanse the house with the blood of the bird and the running water and the living bird with the cedar wood, the hyssop and the scarlet. So they thirdly, they anointed the house with blood. Now this is old covenant. This is Old Testament. And so the sacrificed idol of the blood for the remission of sins is now for us in the new covenant through the work the finished work of the cross and Calvary and through Jesus. And so when we come to a home and you come to your home, you're going to pray the blood of Jesus over that home. You're going to pray the blood of Jesus over your children. I want to encourage, as I have before, the movie that came out. I'm, I'm going to say it's now been about three months called War Room. And a big group of us went. We almost, I think we filled up almost the whole theater um, over here at the theaters um, to see the movie War Room. 
Liz and I, every morning for the past nine months, have been doing this. First thing we do is French press coffee. And I just want to make sure we get our priorities straight here. That you have to start with French press coffee. Major Dickinson's blend from King Supers. No, but we, uh, but we have coffee. We immediately, when we get up in the morning... We begin to pray the blood of Jesus over all of our kids. We begin to pray the blood of Jesus over every situation we know within our family. We pray the blood of Jesus over our home. And men and women, miracles have been occurring. Now, we've been married for 30 years, and we've prayed separately. We've gone through seasons where we study the Word together and things like that. But we've never decided to begin the day first thing in the morning praying the blood and, and aggressively warring for our family at this level. Now, we fasted and prayed every Monday for th- almost 30 years for our family. And so we, but we don't do it together. We do it separately. But this is the first time we've come together, united, and really started our day in prayer. I want to encourage this. Is we're getting ready to start the book of Joel. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to start the book of Joel. Then we're going to go to the book of Revelation. And what we're going to hear as we read and as we look at scriptures, we're going to find out the powers of darkness are rising across the globe. They're rising in this country. The work of demonic spirits is stronger than it's ever been. And it is happening. And we as believers have got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You that are married, you've got to be united together. I want to encourage you in that. I don't don't want to pray out loud with my wife. Ah, I don't know what to say. Get over it. Let me encourage you to get over it. Because because the reality is, is that if you're, and and wives, all of you that hear my voice, if I hear of any of you reprimanding or making fun of your husband who's trying to pray with you together, I want your phone number. I'm going to really make your life hard. Because I want, I, want to, I want us to let our men lead. And I want us to be united as families here at the road. And one of the ways, it's not the only way, but one of the ways can be praying together. So to pray the blood of Jesus over our homes. Well, um, I'm going to ask Joe and Marcy Wirtz to come up. And I want you guys to share about what happened at your house. And... Um, Pretty cool story. Y'all know Joe and Marcy? Some of you do, some of you don't, but it's Joe and Marcy. Well, first of all, um, I would like to say that we don't do drugs. (laughs) Um, Our story actually has started with our boys. We've lived in our house 16 years today, Today. actually. And for a long time, um, our boys were coming to us and saying, that they were hearing things in the house and they were pretty scared. Downstairs. Yeah, downstairs that they were hearing things. And for a while we thought, oh, you know, they're joking around. It can't be, you know, it can't be true. It can't be real. And then I think all three of them were experiencing it enough that they gave the spirit in our house a name and started calling it Toby. So it even had a name. And so I was downstairs one day working out on the elliptical, I was getting ready to start, and this spirit thing started messing with me. And I thought, we all laughed, because we were like, how come it doesn't mess with Dad? You know, it must be afraid of Joe. Um, but I was downstairs doing, getting ready to do the elliptical, 
and I have this huge medicine ball. And as I'm getting ready to go on the elliptical, first of all, there's no fireplace on, there's no windows open, there's nobody down there but me. And this ball rolls 10 feet to me all by itself. And so you can imagine the fear, right? But then your mind plays games with you and you think, that really didn't happen. And you try to make things up as to how that just happened. And, and then I, I push the ball back and about five seconds after I did that, the ball comes back. And I think, okay, that's enough. So I go to go running up the stairs. You know that feeling you get that somebody's behind you and you know that you don't want them to grab your leg. My heart's doing one of these things, you know. It was pretty scary and pretty intense. And then another time, a few days later, I'm in my bathroom and I'm putting on my war paint. Well, Joe calls my makeup my war paint. So I'm putting on my makeup and you know those vanity cabinets that go over your, your toilet, you know, you can put towels and stuff. Well, there's a door that you can open and put things in there. Well, you would think that little magnetic force that keeps the doors open and closed, you know, would have been the reason if the door would have closed, but the door opened. And I'm by myself, and this happens, and I'm thinking, holy smokes, there's something really going on. There's something to what my boys are saying, and this is real. And I was very scared. And I'm thinking, Joe's not, nobody's going to believe this. This is just too crazy. And so I think it was Easter. Good Friday. It was Good Friday, Easter weekend, when everything else started to escalate a little bit more. And this is where I'll turn it over to Joe so that he can continue on with our story. So we have three boys there, 27, 26, and 21. There are 20, 25, and 26 at Easter time this year. Um, and uh, all this has been going on for 16 years as of today in our house, and I haven't seen nothing. So it's like, guys, grow up. You know, this, you know, come on now. And I, so I haven't heard nothing. They named him Toby. I let him laugh. It didn't bother me because I'll be the first one in a full run if I believe this stuff because I don't want no part of it. <laughs> Straight up. So anyway, um, Good Friday, Joey calls Marcy. He's home at our house, and sometimes he just decides to take a nap or lay on our bed and text or whatever like that instead of going downstairs. And I'm at work, and I find out about it when I come home that night. But there was three punches and, like, boards slapping under the bed that actually lifted the bed and slammed it back down. And he immediately, he was awake, and he immediately jumped to his feet. We happen to have, a, how old was he? Eli. We have a dog named Eli. He's a Belgian Malinois, um, 105 pounds. Um, anyway, so he was in the house. We allow him to sit by the sliding door. Joey, standing on the bed, supposedly yells at Eli to come. Eli comes flying in the bedroom, locks up the brakes, and turns around and flies back out to where he's supposed to be. So Joey jumped as far as he could because he was afraid something was going to hook his ankle and drag him under the bed. And, and then this story comes to my wife. And again, I don't really buy into it. That was on Good Friday. So then the next day, Saturday night, we had our other two boys at 25 and 26 years old spend the night. And during the night, um, the boys were downstairs. And in the middle of the night, the doors were rattling so hard that it woke them up. And they didn't know if... He was trying to come in or go out. So I still, you know, but they're 25 and 26, 20. So we go to Tom Sutherland's for Easter. 
And we come back home, and me and Marcy are sitting on the couch. Liz. So at uh, sunrise Easter Sunday, I see Liz, and I really wasn't even focused on the service because I'm still thinking, we got to go home, and whatever's there is still there. And I mentioned it to Liz, and Liz says, you got to pray. You got to pray over your home. You got to bless your home. You got to go to every room. You got to, she said, use oil. What'd she say? Olive oil. She bless said, it. She told him that part. Yeah. And, and go to each corner of your property. And you have to bless your home. Yep. And then. So um, we come home. We're sitting on a couch. It goes downstairs. And this always, always happened downstairs. But that's where the boys hang out because mom and dad ain't cool. And so um, it mostly happened downstairs. And me and Marcia are sitting there. I'm sitting next to my wife. And my wife tells me, did you hear that? I go, hear what? She goes, you hear that? Listen. There it is. I go, that's it. I'm done. Let's get our Bibles. Let's go. We got and, our Bibles. And we started downstairs where the noise no, was. No, upstairs. No. We started upstairs and then we went downstairs. <laughs> okay, we didn't rehearse this, okay? First of all, he was going to come up here and tell this story. And then we're sitting there and he's saying, oh, by the way, you guys got one of those? A husband who gives you the, oh, by the way, I really need your help because uh, I, I'm going to forget. So, and, okay, I'm good. and he did. He forgot the story about um, Friday, on Good Friday. I was home by myself. I work from home for Colorado Springs Utilities. I'm on my lunch hour, and I hear this noise downstairs. And I run to my bathroom, to my bedroom, and I grab my best friend, Elsie. I put the clip in. I take the safety off, and I'm headed downstairs. And then I realize my best friend's not going to help me because... I can't see whatever it is. I was gonna, can you imagine the holes and the explaining I'd have to do? So then I started saying, in the name of Jesus, I command you to leave. And I was so scared. And I was praying with authority like I've learned from him. And I'd never been so scared in my entire life. That was the story I was sharing with him when I heard the sound again. On the and, couch. On the couch. And I said, there it is. So then we said, I said, that's enough. We, let's grab our Bibles now. Got some olive oil out of the kitchen. Blessed it to the best that I know how to bless olive oil. And, <laughs> and you know, I can't honestly tell you guys exactly what we said or what we didn't say. But because it, it, was, it was just two people at the top of our lungs saying this is bought and paid for by Jesus Christ by the blood of Jesus Christ I command that you leave I demand that you leave our house uh, and just rolling with this with scripture in front of us and doing olive oil over each door went through upstairs went downstairs I went to the left you went to the right mm -hmm. and I'm feeling good you know life's good and everything like that and then she goes he's over here Something's, something's over, over here. here. I go, great. And all the hair stands up on the back of your neck. And Okay, well, I'm going to stay over here. You got that part. You bless that side. I got this side. So I had to go over there. And then we blessed the whole inside. Then we went back upstairs. And then I remembered um, Liz telling us that you have to go. We have five acres. and you have, We have a fence around the whole place. So we went back out to the front dirt road. And we went to the right post and we're praying. And the whole time I'm praying, 
I feel this right on my shoulder. Be quiet. The neighbors are going to think you're jacked up, man. Shut up. It was, it was, that was going through my head. Like now I think about, I was like, he was telling you, just stop it. Knock it off. And I, they're going to think you're crazy. You're stupid. They're not going to talk to you no more. Be quiet. And we didn't care. Top of our lungs, we're walking. We're just walking and praying to each corner post. Go to the first one. Go down to the second one. Go to the third one. We start coming back to the house. And old Eli, we have this Belgian Malinois, Eli, from the book Eli, because he's our protector and he can do it. Um, we start getting about 40 yards from the, the fence. You want to oh. tell him? Oh, and <laughs> this, is my, this dog is my baby. Um, you know, some of you who know the Black Forest area, there were break-ins, robberies. There were like 17 or something. Because I'm, I'm alone all the time and home, we decided we need a little bit of protection. Well, because I'm home all the time, my dog and I have really bonded, and he just loves me. And I call him handsome boy all the time, and he'll, whatever I want, he does. He's such a good dog. So we're coming up at the end of our property, and it's the last part where we haven't blessed yet. And my dog is not my dog. And he is trying to get through the fence to kill us. He was slamming into the fence. He was biting on the fence. His eyes were not his eyes. And we were so scared. And he says, pray louder. No, pray we, louder. We, we were going, Eli, Eli. No, I was, handsome boy, handsome boy. And I kept saying it because that, he just loves that. He wasn't responding. He was not my dog. Digging holes with his feet. He was crazy. And I, I was so scared. I thought, if he gets through, we're gone. He's going to... He's definitely going to attack yeah. us. You got it now? Yeah. Okay. So we're, lo we're looking at each other. We're wondering, uh, you, know, you know, what's wrong with your dog, Marcy? But he, like the fence is right here, and he's smacking it. He's smacking the fence, ramming it with his head, ramming it with his paws, just trying to get at us. And we're right here, so he obviously knows and who we... I think to put it in perspective, the breed looks like about a, a lean German Shepherd. So that's, the, to me, that's what he looks like. Yeah, Almost big. like a, a Doberman. Yeah, short hair. Yeah, and so this is a big dog. It's a big dog with an attitude. But he doesn't have an attitude. We're scared. And we're scared. It's scared because if that fence isn't there, then we're in trouble. Because she can outrun me. <laughs> anyway, so he's right here going crazy. And all of a sudden, we realized, all kidding aside, I thought, you know what? That old demon is in our dog. And I thought, man... He's in our dog, Marcy. We looked at each other. We didn't even have to say nothing. Man, the old Bible's popped back open. And we were just praying over him and praying over him in 20, 20 seconds. About 20 seconds, ears went down, tail went between, he laid down. And he was just our dog again. So that what I think is, is we went around our five-acre property. We were coming back, and we had one more corner to go. And that old demon or spirit was trying to find some out where he didn't have to leave the place. Yeah. We prayed on the last corner and came back in the house, freaked out. We said that. We said nobody's going to believe Nobody will buy it. They think we're crazy. It's just too crazy. Uh-huh. But we haven't had one problem on our property or in our house. Praise God. All right. So let's do an autopsy of what we heard. Number one. Joe and Marcy got serious about wanting to cleanse their home. They wanted a house that was free of whatever this spirit was. Secondly, 
they anointed it with oil and they went room by room and they began to pray the blood and the name of Jesus over that room, commanding whatever was there that was not of the Lord to leave. Third, they became aware of the fact that there was something happening that began to be specific. So they went specifically into that area and began to pray over that area. Then fourthly, this spirit wouldn't go out without a fight and actually entered the dog. So the spirit entered the dog. The dog was going to attack them. Now, I've been to that place. They were, Joe was showing it to me the other day. The fence is, what was the fence? About five feet, about five feet. And it's pretty firm. And you showed me where it had been driving into it. But here's what I love is that God gave you guys a word of knowledge. He gave you insight that you never would have thought of before. Never have even needed to think about again. But God gave you a specific word for a specific time. And immediately you saw freedom come when you prayed against that spirit over, over the dog. And then your house has been set free. So, verse, so look at verse 53 in our passage. Then he shall let the living bird loose outside the city in the open field and make atonement for the house and it shall be clean. So fourthly, a house can be cleansed, can be transformed, and so can the family that lives in it. So here's what I say. Let me give you some steps. Again, these are in your notes if you're on the app, but I'll quickly run through the cleansing of home. Step one, remove any unclean sinful items that have been brought in, pornography. I would put horror movies in this category, filthy movies, false religious items. This would include any secret things brought in by someone else, might not even be brought in by you. Step two, stop the sins being committed in the house. Fornication is sex outside of marriage. But this, you know, we we talk about the sexual area a lot, but also gossip. There's a lot of gossip happening in your home. Lying, cheating, Ouija boards, tarot cards. Are you on the phone talking about people, slandering others? You could be inviting spirits into your home. And then step three, gather a group of believers in Christ wholehearted disciples who believe in the power of God and in the blood of Jesus gather together and move room by room anointing with oil and praying out loud a prayer of deliverance over your home. And so I'm going to give you a prayer. This is, I, I took some time this week to try to think through what is it that Liz and I and And we've taught others over the years to do. I've never actually written this out. So this is in no way um, holy or sacred. But it'll be online for you. It's available to you if you want to look at it. I know many of us need a starting point. So let me read this prayer to you. And I think it speaks in its themes and its scripture of what I would say to anyone who wants to pray over their house and go room by room over their house. Lord Jesus, we love you and bless you. We give you praise and worship. We thank you that in all things you have preeminence. We thank you that your word says that you are the image of the invisible God. 
the firstborn over all creation. For by you all things were created that are in heaven and are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through you and for you. You are before all things, and in you all things consist. We give thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. We thank you, Lord, that you've delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, that we have redemption through your blood and work on the cross. Now, see, that's all a setup. You're, you're setting yourself up in prayer of your position and your authority and your power in Christ. You understand that? That's, that's straight from Colossians chapter 1. Lord, we come to you in the power of the Holy Spirit and as your blood-washed saints to cleanse this house. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and fill this house. We invite you, Jesus, to rule over this house and our family. We desire that you be Lord, King, and Savior over this home and our family. By the blood of Jesus, we ask you to empower us now, even as we pray. And then I put parenthetically, anoint with oil. So now you begin to anoint maybe a room or your property with oil. As we anoint this home, this room, we invite you, Holy Spirit, to take control over our prayers, to show us how to pray, to guide us in any way you desire. Bring to mind anything that you want us to be aware of and pray over. Give us visions, thoughts, Pictures in our mind's eye of anything that you want us to bind and loose over this house. So you see what you're doing? You're taking charge of your atmosphere. You're taking charge of the spiritual culture of your home. And you're also allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you even as you pray. In the name of Jesus, we renounce and reject any sins known or unknown to us. And then I put parenthetically, wait on the Lord for him to bring anything to mind. In the name of Jesus, we renounce and reject any sins known or unknown to us that have been committed by anyone, including myself and my family, in this house. In the blood of Jesus, we renounce and cast out any demons that have been attached to anyone or any sin that has been committed in this place. We cast these demons out in the name of Jesus and we cast them out to where Christ would send them. Remember when Christ came to the demoniac and the Gadarenes, he sent them into the pigs. In this case, the demon went into Eli. He went into a dog. Show us, Lord, if there are any unclean objects in the home. And then I put parenthetically, let the Lord speak to you about anything that needs to be taken out of your house. By the blood and the name of Jesus, we renounce and cast out any demonic powers of darkness that have been invited into this place through sinful, unclean objects or items that have been brought into this home. We command them to leave right now by the name and the power of Jesus. Lord, we invite your kingdom, your presence, your power, your angels, to inhabit this place for your glory.
Use this house for your glory and honor. We desire that you would come and take over our lives and this house and use it for your glory, your purpose, and your plans. Amen. Now we could go on and on. There's so many different ways in which we could pray. God will lead you. But may that be a good starting point for you. I would encourage you if you have any doubts, you have any concerns over your home, or maybe one of your children is, is not walking with the Lord, involved in stuff that you're very concerned about. One of the things I would encourage you to do is go into that room and pray this prayer over their bed. Pray this prayer over their pillows. Pray this prayer over their closet. Pray this prayer over their room. Pray this prayer over their car. Pray this prayer, and and if you can do it as a couple, that's even more powerful, to come in as a couple and to pray the blood of Jesus. Because the, the Lord Jesus says, ask, seek, knock, and doors shall be opened unto you. And so God is inviting us constantly, regularly, to use prayer as the means to access and invite His power into our lives. You've been listening to The Road with Pastor Teacher Steve Holt. We pray that you've been blessed by the message today. Our hope is to make wholehearted disciples of Jesus Christ. And that's why we teach the Word of God verse by verse, scripture by scripture, and precept upon precept. We're excited about all the things God is doing in the lives of our faithful listeners. We understand that there are many trials and tribulations in this world, and we'd love to be able to pray for you as you encounter difficult times. Please drop us a note and let us know how we can pray for you. Write us at The Road, P.O. Box 88485, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80908. If you've been blessed by this message, please let us know as well. Again, the address is The Road, P.O. Box 88485, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80908. If you're in the area, please stop on by and join us at The Road for our Saturday night service at 6 p.m. We meet at Chapel Hills Church, located at 2025 Parliament Drive, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80920. In addition, you can find out more about The Road by going to our website at theroadcs.org. That's theroadcs.org. Make sure you follow us on Facebook as well. That's facebook.com slash theroadcs. If you tweet, you can join the conversation with us at Road Companions. As always, we covet your prayers. Thanks again for tuning in today. And be sure to catch us again next time for another edition of The Road with Pastor Teacher Steve Holt.